Okay. Um, well, I will do whatever I can to help you. I appreciate you very much. I want you to I appreciate that. you too. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking that. I'm like, you know what? At this juncture in my life, a majority of the people that are like reliable f- or I can like depend upon are just like my, my adoptive family. 100%. 100%. And I think that uh, adoptive family is an important theme in the yeah. new Star Wars movies. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Do you yeah. like how I did that? You like how, I, was, how I did that? You know, your your segues are just, they're, like, they're beautiful transitions. They're Joe Bluth-esque, but yes. Um, yeah, adoptive families, right? Oh, adoptive uh, you know, families. I recently went to the theater to see a small indie uh, film called uh, The Last Jedi. Oh, that's by that uh, hip indie director, Rain Johnson, right? Yeah. Brick yeah. and Looper fame, that, that gentleman. That gentleman, that gentleman who has given, been given himself, or has been given himself, oh, edited out, <laughs> has been given a trilogy for himself. And now, having seen that movie, before we dive into it, how do you feel about that decision? Do you think that was not, a smart not, choice? Not, not good. I really think they should have probably waited. <laughs> yeah, I think it was because, you know, the typical um, announcement is, oh, the sequel's already greenlit before a movie drops to really amp up excitement and be like, well, you Mm got to get on board. You got to see the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this was their play at the same thing, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, we will see. So we, let's, uh, this we're doing spoilers, right? This is a spoiler podcast. 100% spoilers. So this is your last chance to get out. And to put in perspective, if you're on the fence and like, yeah, I can handle spoilers. I watched every YouTube video on theories. I read articles. I looked at all the lists that were like things we think are going to happen. And there's a twist in this movie that was on none of them. None of them that I saw. And I'm curious um, what the twist is. I think I know what the twist is. But does it involve someone's parents? No, it involves oh. uh, it involves a. Uh... Anyways, so oh. bail out now. Oh. Bail out Got now. It. Got it. Okay, Got it. those of you still here, good. Um, uh, so yeah, welcome. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw Star Wars, and now we're gonna talk about it. This yeah. is our very special episode. It's gonna uh, when are when is it releasing? As soon as possible. I'm hoping okay. tomorrow. So. So this is not going to be a regular Friday one. Next Friday, our our regular scheduled podcast will probably be our secret weapon holiday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're in a little bit of that weird end of year limbo. So consider this review our Christmas present to you. And then you can look forward to coming back to this feed on Christmas Day when your family has annoyed you and you want some time alone to listen to a, a little special offering from the entire secret weapon family. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. And if you if you don't like us, then consider this your coal. You were very naughty this year. <laughs> so we saw this. We haven't really spoken nope. about this. We, no, we've, we have not. My, our texts have been very simple as regarding this. So this is exciting. I'm curious to see if you landed in the same point as I did. Maybe we should talk about how we felt as a whole with the movie and then go into detail. Yeah, I think that'd be a good place. I think um, I learned from The Force Awakens to have measured expectation. 
I like to be cautiously optimistic with Star Wars and realize that the the only guarantee that I'm getting is getting to go back to that universe. That's really the only guarantee with a Star Wars movie. And as long as that's where your expectation is, that's great. And I am a huge fan of the original expanded universe continuity. I thought Luke's whole progression there, be it through Dark Horse comic series or like the Heir to the Empire trilogy with Thrawn. Like there's a lot of characters and elements and pieces that have been played with or reintroduced like Thrawn or the nature of uh, the Solos having a kid who goes to the dark side and that sort of thing. They've kind of picked and choosed a lot. And so I've just, I've learned to accept that Disney's going to do what Disney wants to do with Star Wars. And I can only hope that there are parts of things that I really enjoy, which was the case with this. There were you moments. You can only have a new hope. Yeah. There were moments that were really, really great. And there were moments that I didn't like. And there's some overall thematic problems that are starting to become apparent with this trilogy. But mm-hmm. the fact remains we're getting new Star Wars on a regular basis. And this is all new. So I'm, I'm very optimistic for the future. And while I did overall enjoy this movie... I, I definitely have a, a couple of concerns and some things that made me groan and some things that upset me and some things that I think will be probably corrected because the Rotten Tomatoes fan score continues to plummet. Yeah. It's, it was down, it started in the 70s and now it's down in the low 50s. And by the end of the weekend, we're looking at a reverse Batman v Superman where <laughs> the critical reception was in the 30s and the audience score was in the 80s. Yeah. I think we're we're looking at a reversal here, but that's my yeah. overall thoughts. Your this, overall thoughts. This is our third uh, winter in a row with a new Star Wars, which is mm-hmm. you know we're living a good life for that. Right. Uh, so if we had recorded this podcast one third of the way into the film, I would have been like, no, this. I went in with no expectations, and I was still like that first third of the movie. I'm like. I have I have no connection right now to anything. I'm feeling like I'm supposed to be feeling these things about characters that have not been given the proper introduction. And then also, I'm sorry, but why are these vehicles moving so slowly all the time? Like it was just those bombers. I'm just like, this Maddening. is painful. But I will say that a third of the way into the film, we were introduced to someone and once again, all I can say is, I feel the Dern. I feel the Dern, too. She saved this movie for me. She, she And it wasn't even like that her character... I would have loved more progression of that character, and I'll go into that more later. But she put... She, I set myself up, you know, being kind of like, I'm excited. This is Star Wars. This is great. And just the first third being like, I, okay... I mean, I get what I'm supposed to be feeling, but I haven't gotten enough backstory. I haven't gotten enough heft into this plot to feel these things. And then something about Laura Dern showing up made me feel optimistic. It gave me that hope that they're wanting to spark, you know, another revolution. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's very interesting. And, you know, I I I I was not... It is definitely not my favorite Star Wars film, but it is also not my least favorite Star Wars film. I and would there agree were with that. and there were some moments 
that I loved. Do not get me wrong. There were a few moments, both visually and like character building. Like there were a few scenes that I just like, like I have, I'm thinking about it and there's a little goosebumps. And, but there's also a particular, uh, I guess I could say death scene, but it's not, I mean, it, it sort of, uh, it's a, but it, it's, it's silent and it was beautiful and I, my like heart just like raced during that. And that's something I haven't gotten in a long time from Star Wars because you get the fan service and I kind of thought they would be a little more fan servicey. Where's Lando? Where is Lando? Anyway, no, it's fine. It's fine. I don't know. Casino but, planet. If Lando was going to be anywhere, it'd be on a casino planet. It's, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. No, I'm fine. It's, it's fine. But we got, we got Mr. Jennifer Aniston there for... Also, I was so I was so perplexed by Little Pete and Nyong'o's billing at the end of the movie because I was like, she was in it for like one and a half minutes. Like, how is she above Donald Gleason? I don't understand. Maybe... Um, it's interesting. Her CGI character was less of a cartoon than his was. True. <laughs> I'm so uh, over Hux. We'll get to it. We'll get to yeah, it. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But then, yeah, so there's like, there there were feelings and everything. And I felt like they there was just, there was a lot going on. There were some mm-hmm. visual things that were amazing. But there was a lot that they were trying to push in. And there were a lot of characters they were trying to introduce. And it makes sense why they were trying to introduce it. But it was it was a little messy, and there are some scenes. There is one part that is that happened in this movie that I would say is the worst thing I have ever seen in a Star Wars film. Like and that the, was, um, we'll just get well, there. Well, uh, uh, the the Force, Leia, and the Force, and in space, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I I couldn't do it. Like interesting. Okay. Y- yeah, I get. I, I I've heard like I've heard defenses to the other side of I, that. I the, I think there's several scenes in this that are really divisive, and mm-hmm. that moment was preposterous. However, I did cheer. I did get very excited, and Austin sitting next to me, and we were both going. The princess don't go out like that. <laughs> like, you can't take her out that easy. She's fucking Leia. And it was exciting in the moment, but as an overall concept and as a part of her character, it didn't it didn't really make any sense. Yeah, it, no, like story wise, like, it didn't make any sense. It's the same problem with some of the jokes, where it's like, these are really oh, funny and they're most great. Of the jokes, yeah. But there it's like the the please yeah, I'll hold. I'll hold. I'm holding. That was funny. Hux but it was also H. like so out of character and out of context for yeah, Star Trek we had, for Star well, Wars. We, we we don't and Star Trek. Um, yeah. No, it's actually very in character for Star, for Star Trek. Trek. Yeah, it would work yeah. for Star Trek. Um, um, for Star Wars, no. But I think like we also really didn't get a huge grasp on Poe in the first film. Like he was a little one dimensional. I mean, same with Finn. I didn't really get a whole lot more with Finn, but I felt like I got more with Poe this this one. But yeah. I think they they did it too soon. If they wanted to make that joke, then they should have waited a little bit later till you got this idea of he's a little bit more solo-y than we thought. Yeah, he, and that's definitely like the vein he's in. He's definitely in this, in that, he's kind of a, he's, he's definitely like a solo attitude with a Leia sense of purpose. Yes, I would, I would agree to that. Um, but it's interesting, uh, uh, before we delve into this, like uh, my mother actually very sweetly was talking to me on the phone before she found out how to use podcasts oh, yesterday. No. Same phone call, though. Um, 
but she's talking to me and she's talking about this interview where there was actually a point with these this I'm sure you've heard about this the the point of these films uh, but I'm explaining it in case anyone hasn't where the first film was about Han it was it was and it was clearing up Han so uh, Han's solo story and uh. then yeah and then Luke was the second and the third was going to be Leia and I'm not sure what they're going to do at this point and I kind of wondered if they were going to alter things based on Carrie Fisher passing away or not and so it'll be really I really am intrigued by what is going to happen in this next film yeah I think it'll be um it'll be interesting to see how they pull it off um I think that this movie definitely had some some flaws, and I'm interested. I'm gonna see it again um, when my sister gets to town. Uh, we're gonna see that together. But so I'll be interested to see how I feel upon second viewing, what holds up, and what I'm still like, uh, or what grows on me. But overall, I'll say it was well directed. Visually, the sound, the editing was really tight. Um, I think it was well-directed. I think the problem stems from the writing, and I think not having a clear in the eyes of fans, uh, like a treatise, you need sort of a a statement of, like, what is this new trilogy about? Because there's so many expectations, and I don't think they've done enough to shepherd us into this new era by saying... This new trill, like the original trilogy was about three people who should not know each other coming together and, you know, fighting this fight, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, Luke's journey is to, you know, defeat his father, become a Jedi. Han's journey is to become less of an asshole and believe in something. And Leia's journey is to go from being the princess, you know, damsel in distress to the leader of the rebellion. And while falling in love and all that and familiar relations and blah, blah, blah. But we don't have as clear a direction on this because they, they owed so much to those older characters. They, there were so many expectations about what to do with that. And I think um, it's pretty evident here with their treatment of Luke. Like, if we're going to start somewhere, um, why don't we start with Luke? And I think I liked some of his moments, but overall this defeated hermit who has one of the coolest fucking scenes in star Wars there at the end. That was really neat, but I'm hoping that they will redeem Luke Skywalker's arc in this new trilogy by having him be a force ghost mentor in the next film who will help Ray restart the Jedi and do it right. Like yeah, because we know there's there's little Jake Lloyds out there. Yeah, um, and then and she stole the books. She has the books. They're on the Falcon. There was that shot when she pulled the drawer, and then you're like, oh, when Yoda said she already has everything from there that she needs, he literally meant the books that she stole. Yoda, you dick. Uh, yeah, you know, no one told, uh, no one ever said that he was uh, direct in his communication. No, direct he is not. Um, but I. I was disappointed um, that, uh, well, I'm glad they gave him, like, the ultimate Jedi mind trick ever. Like, from across the galaxy, projecting himself like that in a way where he could create a physical form. Leia touched his hand. He dropped the little, like, you know, gold fuzzy dice from the Falcon, and they were real to her. Like, that was, like, the coolest 
mind fucking Jedi trick ever. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, it took all he had, and then he he faded into the Force or whatever. But that's all he but got. It was I mean, purpose. He, yeah, he got to blow apart that hut, which was pretty cool. And he was like, "Who are you talking to?" And she's like, "Go away, Dad." <laughs> Just, I love him. <laughs> he's not a bad guy. He just is misunderstood. He's in a band. <laughs> he looks uh, like it. Right. Uh, yeah, I agree. Luke, he had some really great parts. He had some really, I think his closure was really good. There was a lot in the first, let's say the first two acts were a little hard with him. Yeah. Uh, it, he, I didn't predict that was what was happening though. So I would say, like, there were definitely parts that were really interesting. But, you know, I mean, it was hard seeing him on Porg Island and, you know, just depressed as all get out. Like he, Sucking his, milk out of, out of big old alien titties. Blue milk. Yeah, there. I mean, there was a lot that it was sort of, like, clear. He just, I don't know, he was just very emo. I felt like he was starting to get lessons from Kylo Ren. I did find their little flashback to that one scene. And how when Kylo said it, his eyes were super dark. And when he said it, like, he was just, like, you know, regular Luke with conf- yeah, right. a, a conflicted feeling. And I was just like, oh, unreliable narrators. I honestly did think maybe he was going to go dark. Like, I had, I had a thought about that. Just, like, that his sadness was consuming him, similar to how Anakin's heartbreak over... Um, Padme dying was yeah. had con- consumed him, but that rather than becoming, you know, Darth Vader, he was just secluding himself, as sometimes people do when they feel they're no good for the world around them. Which, in a way, is what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, Luke was just depressed as shit. Which, um, you know, to be to have this meteoric rise and be the hero of the rebellion and to be a legend, and then you know, for years to be successful like that and then to fail so catastrophically. I'm sure it spun him into the deepest depression he'd experienced since he was on tattooing, dreaming of being a hero. Yeah. And, I mean, in a way, he kind of, it's this full circle thing where he is once again alone and drinking blue milk and wondering what he could do. Yeah. And And so... Yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, I mean, like, but it, it was interesting. I expected a bit more... From Mm -hmm. his character. I think Mark Hamill definitely has it in him to do that. Yep. And although it was really funny watching that scene with him and Yoda just leaning against that rock. Because I was like, what were the acting, like, suggestions going on there? What was the direction in this scene? Because he's like, look kind of like you're holding in a fart while you're talking to this character. I, um... I did appreciate that Luke's final words were to quote Han Solo. See you around, kid. <laughs> yeah, well. Like, at just the flick of the shoulder. Like, I mean, he just, he got a great moment, but it's still, I'm sad. I'm hoping that. Yeah, um, me too. I'm hoping that he gets to just be the best forced ghost ever in the next movie. Yeah. But he awkwardly walks into Hayden Christensen. Oh, hey, hey. Oh, uh, oh hi, hey. Dad. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there was that. I think, honestly, the scene that got to me was a little bit like him uh, prior to seeing R2-D2, but him in the Millennium Falcon and, like, yeah. realizing, like, Han's gone and all of this stuff. Because I think, it, honestly, I think Han, Leia, and Luke all figured at some point maybe they'd be back together again. And it is this realization of 
they're not going to. Like, sort of with, yeah. Le- although I had a moment similar with Leia where I'm like, your son's, like, right there. Mm-hmm. And you were having zero reaction regarding that when you made Han go out there and was like, bring our son back. And he died doing that. Like, it just, that that was sort of a little weird to me. I will say that. Yeah, I think Carrie Fisher had a lot of quiet moments in this, which almost too many for Princess Leia. Like, yeah. it was, I missed a little bit of that spunk. But, um, although she can still, she can still hit. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's move on to Leia then. Yeah, I, let's move on to I Leia. I thought that I knew immediately I was like, oh, people are going to hate this or they're going to love this, her force scene. We already discussed that. But but I think that overall, you know, they took her out for the whole second act. You know, she just was sitting in stasis. Her re, her re uh, taking control of the bridge yeah. was, was pretty great. I, She's I enjoyed gonna that. She's going to shoot you now. Yep. And then she, yeah, she fucking shot him. With with the same gun from A New Hope, yeah. it was the same gun, and I that love, made me I happy. I loved that. I think I can't critique her performance. It's the last thing she ever did, and I don't. I'm too close to it emotionally, to, and okay. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest to be like, oh, she was a little flat, or this, that, the other thing. Like there was so much weight, and looking at it, it's almost like she knew. It's yeah. almost like she knew. It's there's so much weight and sadness and hope. She's just a ball of conflicting emotions. And I do appreciate her trying to groom Poe into an actual leader instead of a hotshot. Yeah. Like, she's she's dealt with this before. She's like, you should have met my husband. Now, that guy, hard to control. She's like, if you want to actually do something, quit, you know, thinking with your joystick. And uh, and we'll uh, we'll figure this out. But. Yeah. No, I thought there I thought the dynamic between I think I like seeing Leia more with Poe mm-hmm. rather than seeing her with Ray. 100%. Um because I feel like I don't know, it it's it's reminiscent of of the good old days. Right. The the you know, the Empire strikes back times. Right. Where she's working more with like with Han and like they mm-hmm. have like this contentious relationship and I liked that. Um, it's, yeah, I agree. I think with Carrie Fisher, it's really hard to look at it and be like, well, this would have been better. This would have been worse. Like, uh, I think it's very interesting that they have her working off of her, with her daughter a lot in the Mm -hmm. scenes she's in. And I think part of that was actually a really good idea in a way because she, it shows like though she is a leader, she also has this very nurturing side of herself, and you kind of see it in the scenes she's with her daughter. Yeah. Um, it's it's sort of a palpable uh, motherly n- nature. To and I'm her. glad they wrote they wrote her in a little bit more, and she had a little more to do and a few more lines. That her daughter, um, and I'm hoping that you know she can be a, a real driving character in the next movie i i definitely think we're gonna see a lot more of conics i i think she's they set her up to be um especially assuming rose comes through and everything mm-hmm. they set her up to like i think that there's gonna be some really strong women in like a military position and then you'll also have ray as like a, the luke right. of who's going to be more guiding by the force so you'll have some 
some good strategists, some some mechanics, and then you'll you'll still have Chewy, which is great. Um, but yeah, so I think it'll be. I, I I have to say, like, I was sort of surprised by how little we saw Chewy, though. Yeah, Chewy's. Uh, he kind of functioned as like the R two D two for Ray, just like a little bit of comic relief, just kind of there. But not well, I mean, it was sort of like he was in his own little single parent like storyline where he all of a sudden had a pet porg after massacring the porg's family. Yeah, I. Uh, question, though, <sighs> your feelings on porgs, because I feel like I was alone in that. Like, I'm just like, no, I don't I, hate them as much as Ewoks. I don't know. Which is weird. But, they're, but um, they have a similar purpose, which is frustrating. Although they don't have any purpose in that they can't do anything military. No, they can't do shit. I think um, I would have either cut the porgs or I would have cut the horses. Um, I think the foxes were a necessary plot element (laughs) and the horses were a necessary plot element too. The porgs weren't necessary like at all. They were like like baby Groot kind of. Yeah, it's a merchandise cash grab. It's fine. Um, if I was going to cut the horses, though, I would have replaced it with pod racing. It's one of the few Oh, my gosh. We from... thought it was going to be pod racing when I was watching it. I was and I'm like, so oh, hoping. I was, like, oh, I was like, pod racing? Come on, pod racing? It's oh, like, what? It's the, there's two good things out of Phantom Menace. It's the battle with Darth Maul and the pod race. I'd say Darth Maul, period, was just a fantastic villain. Oh, I loved so Darth good. Maul. He was I so loved quiet. Him. He was just menace. He was just like a ruthless assassin. He's so good. Um yeah, I actually honestly that battle scene with the like the red imperial guards, like it kind of felt oh, a little Darth Molly. It definitely and, did. And I um, loved that. That was really that was sexy. Speaking <laughs> of that scene, from now on whenever a character dies and I don't see it coming, I'm going to say they got snoked. I I didn't, didn't see, see anyone snoking. predict that. I didn't see anyone yeah. predict that that Kylo was going to kill Snoke like an hour and 10 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Uh, like, without Snoke, he becomes a lot harder to redeem if that's what they want to do. Yeah. Well, but also they said that we would learn a lot about, uh, like, more about Snoke. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I have learned absolutely nothing about Snoke. It was a Thanks. total ruse. Those bastards. Yeah. I was like, you guys all suck. Like, he wears this gold robe like Mike Myers and Goldmember and is just partially deformed. I, I, I don't... Super strong I'm, in the Force. It was really cool to see him doing stuff. Like... Yeah. Oh, yes. Just it, kicking Ray's but ass. But where has he been? I'm super curious about his backstory because I am wondering how he got so strong. I, uh... Yeah, I was I was really disappointed by that, but at the same time, I didn't see it coming at all. So if you were going to pull off a twist, that was a good twist because I was like... No, I, mean, I, I thought he was going to wound him. And that would be like the impetus for them to escape, but I was like, they just, just cut him in half. He's just dead. Just killed him. The big bad is gone before the third installment. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> I've never been that earnestly surprised in yeah, a no. franchise film before. I, I mean, was like, once what? it was happening, like once I was in the scene and he was like narrating it and everything and he's like you know kill the one that's keeping you from doing this i was like okay like it was kind of clear what was happening but like until then i was just i really didn't think that was i knew i you know and you could you knew that the lightsaber was going to go off i just didn't think it was going to kill him i thought he was going to wound him i thought that that would allow them to get away or something but he just chopped his ass in half but 
that um, the scene following that was just great. I love the Praetorian oh, Guard fight. That was a beautiful scene. Um, but actually, I think that's a good place to switch to talking about Ray and Ren a little bit, which honestly, their psychic connection that they had, I loved those scenes. Like, so well I, done. They so were so well done. So, like at first when they were like talking to each other, but like when it was super quiet and they're like, I'm not. I, I don't want to, I'm not up for this or something. He's like, me either. And just like all of that stuff. Although I love how everyone just, the audible gasp when Kylo Ren has no shirt on. And I was and like, haven't y'all watched Girls? You can see a whole lot more of him. Yep. I've seen his <laughs> butt. Um, but yeah, so I loved those scenes. I loved how it was building on their characters and on their relationship. It was very interesting. I was kind of surprised with how things went yeah like it like at first how he was sort of wanting to not be either like the commander or good like he just wanted to be and start over uh and she was like no like they're every main character is on that one ship i still have time to save that one ship and so i'm gonna do it but she didn't um well, and I think the interesting thing with Kylo is he's so begging for her to let go of the past and forget it all and run away with me or whatever, but he can't let go of the past. No. He can't. They, Which he they ha- show even till the end. Yeah. He's he's desperately trying. And I think um, the broader overarching theme of this new trilogy is going to be anyone can change. Um, yeah. Because Finn can go from being a stormtrooper, you know, to being a, a rebellion hero. Rose can go from being a mechanic to being um, a hero. You can go from being a, a junker in the desert with no family to being uh, you the know, Jedi ultimate master. Jedi. You oh, can go from being a solo to being the ultimate evil in the galaxy. Yeah. And know? spoiler alert, Ray's parents are nobodies. Which I'm, I, I was pretty sure they were going to do that. I was like, they're not going to go into deep lore, deep canon, or make it Well, they're not going to like go with... I, I was kind of wondering with, when the psychic connection happened, and then they showed the same thing happening with Luke and Leia. Yeah. Misdirect. I was, yeah. Uh, which I was like, they're, they're fucking with me now. Because, I mean, in the in the book, they have twins, and then they have another son, and their, their other son is the one who goes to the dark side. Anakin, I believe is his name. They named him Anakin, uh, didn't they? Jaken. Anakin Solo? There's, there is Anakin Solo, um, but Jaken is the one who goes to the Jaken. dark side. And it's, is it, what, her, the girl's, the girl twin's name starts with a J2. Uh, Jaken J- and J- Jayra uh, or something? I'd have to look it up. Yeah. I don't remember. But, it's been 10, So I was kind years. of wondering about that, if yeah. they were going to go into that, but they didn't. Yeah. And once they said, he said to her, you know, you've known all along. You could tell certain people were like, oh, they're brother and sister. And it's like, no, they're nobody. She's just. And the cool thing is, like, you know, was it Luke who said. No, it was. Who said it? Someone said she's a response what, to what, Kylo What is Ren. it you're trying to she is, remember? Um, so I forget who said it, but somebody said that uh, Kylo, that Ray existed because of Kylo. That Kylo was this great darkness and the force, like, imbued Rey. Yeah, it was Snoke. Okay. I was like, who said that? I couldn't. He said, uh, I told my my young apprentice that as his strength grew, so would his opposition or something mm -hmm. like that. 
I'm yeah. paraphrasing. And I, I'm not talking like this. General! <laughs> um, so yeah, so I... I'm going to just adjust that and then have that mm-hmm. be done. So yeah, I... I liked, though, his line where he said, you're nobody, but you're yeah. somebody to me. Oh, melt, swoon, sploosh, I was just like tumbler uh, exploded. <laughs> I was just like, that's, I mean, but it wasn't necessarily like a romantic thing. It was mm-hmm. just, she was important in his, in his way of how he saw the world coming yeah. about. Yeah, 100%. And, and I, I liked that. I, I, I. Honestly enjoyed their relationship development. I mean, it was the most character growth we got in this thing, really, for the most part. We got um, that, and Poe got a fair amount of growth, but he didn't really get to act act on it. Because then he still went out and charged into battle. (laughs) But he he did, you know, he stopped, which I think that was, like, our big indicator of, like, he's growing because he got out of there. Whereas Finn was just like, I'm not going to lie. I've kind of been thinking Finn's gonna die for a few for a few years now, and I'm if, not sure I'd be upset about it. I th- I feel bad for him. He's been criminally underwritten. Um, and maybe that's it. Is he's, he's just, just not been, terribly likable? Although I do like his partnership with Rose. He's very comedic. He's funny, but he hasn't grown into competence. Like he is a janitor stormtrooper, which I'm like. Then why were you down at the village in the beginning of The Force Awakens? Like, if you're a janitor, mm-hmm. were they like, okay, well, it's the janitor's turn to go clean up that mess? <laughs> but I, yeah, My I'm waiting for him to be. Infinity. Uh, I'm waiting for him to be more. And I think we got the inkling of that at the end where he's going to go from having really nothing he doesn't have a family he doesn't really believe in the cause only in that it was an opportunity to get away from the empire and get back i mean the first order and get back at them but now there's like personal involvement there's personal stakes and it feels like him his relationship with rose is going to give him not just something to fight for but something to live for honestly um so that'll be interesting to see yeah ah um just got a cute photo from my bosses. Nice. Uh, <clears throat> no, I agree. I think that will be that will be an interesting progression. It's been hard because I yes, he's funny. Every like my issue with Star Wars is I feel like it kind of thought, hey, let's let's kind of build on this idea of franchises being a little more sarcastic. And they're doing it more so. What I think really kind of worked about the original trilogy was, for the most part, it was Han Solo. Like, that was his role. And everyone else was, like, the straight man. I think when it works in Star Wars is, yeah, the robot, uh, like, a robot can, well, a droid, sorry. Yeah, a droid can be funny. Like, but a majority of the characters need to be straight men whereas it was almost a little bit like Ragnarok where they were all trying to be a little bit jokes, funny jokes, jokes, but, jokes, but jokes, it wasn't jokes, landing jokes, jokes. in the way that it could land in Ragnarok where yeah, I think I, in that situation everyone can be funny except for one but in this pretty much everyone has to be serious except for one and like everyone can have a joke like Finn's humor works a lot of time because it's just him so desperately trying to cover the fact that he doesn't know what he's doing 
And that's what the humor is in his incompetence and his growth and his struggle. Whereas, you know, Poe's kind of funny hotshot guy. But the best joke, the joke I loved the most was when Ray was meditating and Luke tickled her finger with the reed. See, and I had my favorite joke was on the, on the same island. And it's when Ray had the lightsaber, had knocked that piece of rock. And there's the little caretakers, the weird caretakers. <laughs> and then they already don't like Ray because she like blasted a hole in the yep. wall. It's like clear she's like the teenager no one wants in their, in their nice house. But uh, and how they're walking with their wheelbarrow and then it, the rock just falls and crashes. And then they just look up at her like. <laughs> What the fuck? Like those were like, but I agree. Like those are yeah. the jokes that are like landed for me. Hundred percent. And I think, I think it was hard. It's trying really hard to have mass appeal and get out of the Star Wars cult fandom, which is a big cult, but it's still a cult. You need the fun little characters for the kids. You need the humor for other people, and you need the lore to be accessible. Like, they're banking on you having seen the Star Wars movies and not really remembering them that well. That's the level of, you know, learning about the Force they expect you to have undergone. And so it's a it's kind of a vague, general blockbuster movie with some really strong moments in, them, in it. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I have to say, one of the biggest surprises of this film, though, for me was the realization at the end of the movie that I was like, Ray and Poe never met in the first movie. Exactly. I was like, oh, oh, yeah. I was like, I went, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, like, we just assume. But, right. yeah, and, like, so that moment was actually, like, really funny to me where I was just like, oh, and there's some huh. sexual tension now. Okay. So it's like it's like Maybe. the fan fiction of, like, when people wanted Luke and Han to be together. But... But more, uh, more uh, palatable for our conservative audiences. I guess. Yeah. yeah, I felt. I felt as soon as Rose was introduced in the marketing and stuff, I was like, "Ah, this is how they're going to uh, solve their Finn and Poe problem." Because sorry, fans, Disney's not going to give you an open LBGT relationship in in a, as the leads of a blockbuster. We're not there yet. It's no, it'll it'll happen not. someday, but we're not we're not there yet. The CW had their first openly gay guy, but they but they hit it in the mess that is uh, uh, Crisis on Earth X, the four ah. part crossover. They brought Captain Cold back, but Earth X Captain Cold, oh, who is course. much nicer. He's a nice guy, so now he's part of the le- the the legends. But oh, that's fun. But yeah, but he's um can't remember who his partner is. I just remember his first name is also his superhero name. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I Yeah. I only have so much patience for CW uh superhero shows. But Yeah, I I mean, I only watch I I mean, it's really painful for me to watch honestly Arrow or Legends for the most part. Legends. Firestorm's oh. gone though. So. Oh. Well. There goes a lot of forced humor. Honestly. Anyway, Speaking of forced humor. um, Let's talk about General Hux. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I think he's like. 
I wanted I think- to stop. I just hate him at this point. I'm like, you're an incompetent leader. You're only there for comic relief. You are useless in the context of this story and this military organization. Your greatest asset is that your parents were in the Empire. Like, that's it. You're resting on those laurels. And you're a ginger. That's all you bring to the table. Agreed. I think the thing for me with him is at a certain point, I just kind of feel bad for the dude. He's an emotional and physical punching bag for pretty much everyone. But I think the only time that I enjoyed, like, and I mean, because I know what they're trying to do a little bit with, uh, not successfully with Hux and Ren is just have this, like, dy- this this push and pull dynamic relationship, but it's it's really not even. Um, but there was a scene, I mean, there were two moments in, when they're in the ship where one, when Hux was like, do you think you have, you've got him?" where I was just like, it didn't really land, but like you could kind of see a, like an inkling of what that, re- that relationship could have been. But then there's this other moment, and I can't remember exactly what Hux says, but uh, Adam Driver makes the funniest face at him. And it's kind of like a, <laughs> face uh-huh. I'm sorry I can't really yeah thank you for making the sound effect because I'm pretty sure no one can see this except for you uh, it's sort of like a uh huh so watch it and in the last 20 minutes you'll see this face that Adam Driver makes when you see it again you can uh, tell me if you see it but it's just it is like kind of hilarious to me but Hux I I think they tried to give him a little bit more like hey look how competent he is with this um, with this whole catching them when they're in in light speed like isn't that a cool little thing because mm-hmm. you th- but i thought like he definitely like had something else up his sleeve when really it's just his equipments it's got he's got the newest equipment update yeah but um, i was like okay like i liked him better the first time and hey captain phasma seems to have really just be here for our scene i liked when her eye was exposed and then she went into the fire and i was like i wonder if she's gonna come back uh. Pull a... I, I just don't. I just don't even know. I mean, she she was fine, but I I would lump her in with like, um, DJ, um, Benicio del Toro's character, where I just was sort of like, eh. I mean, DJ was served an important expositional function of talking about the gray areas in conflict and life. I did like that scene. I liked that scene Finn. a lot. But as a character, I was like, oh, what? He betrayed you guys? No way. Shocking. Yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, it's an inevitable Star Wars trope, betrayal from like a low-life criminal type. He's like Lando, but not. Right? But he didn't show up later to try and make it right. Mm -mm. Um, Yeah, it was was fine. Yeah, it was fine. I I had a theory, though, of the because you know how Tom Hardy – Prince William and Prince Harry are all stormtroopers at some point. I right. think when they there's the two stormtroopers that have the lights that are going to execute, the like taser things that are going to execute uh, Finn and Rose. I think that's Prince Harry and Prince William. Nice. To the point that, that I was sense. like, I'm pretty sure that's royalty. Pretty <laughs> if sure. They, if anyone had the prerogative to decapitate someone, it would be them. It would be royalty. Um, yeah. So now that we've kind of talked about everyone that was – in the original, well, the original that was in Force Awakens, we can. Should we talk about some of? We have a few newcomers. Yeah, I think the the newcomers of note would be Rose and uh, Holdo. 
And DJ, I think, but you've already kind of covered it. Yeah, I mean, you can, those are my feelings on DJ. <laughs> and Justin Thoreau. <laughs> Justin Thoreau away, honestly. Then it for I was five like, seconds. I was like, really cool that we know he exists, and and that's it. Like he has an yeah. accent. Warwick Davis is drunk and putting coins and in in BB eight. Yeah, I was like wanted to call him C three PO. I don't know why. Well, um, <clears throat> I genuinely liked Rose. I thought Rose was a good character. A little. Um, little oversimplified and like i was like really every single person in this casino is a war profiteer there's no other way to get rich in this galaxy (laughs) but i i bought her love of her sister i thought that while those ships were infuriatingly slow moving her the scene that her sister had at the beginning was really cool yeah Um, she had to get like just like literally she was kicking it to get it down oh god and then when when the bombs fall around her i was like this is why you get a. This is why you get a director with a little bit of style, a little bit of flair, because that looks. That looks. That was nice. such a cool look. Um, I liked that. That was probably my only part that I liked in that moment. Yeah, um, and, and Poe being apparently invincible in a star. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Damn you, Poe! I love you and I hate you. Um, but Rose, Rose was fun. I thought she was a good addition. I felt mm-hmm. like she was competent, but over trusting. And um, she was kind and gave Finn the benefit of the doubt. But I also didn't buy that she would be in love with him by then. He hadn't had any moments to really be. I think maybe she thought he was cute and he didn't disappoint her to the level that she thought she would. She keeps, I mean, she's in space and she, it's, uh, there's limited people in the, in the, re- at the rebel base. She's keeping her expectations low. I was going to say, even in space, women are constantly lowering their expectations. <laughs> I was like, she's like a woman after 30. Yeah, where she's like, like, who's, who was m- like, well, the least me? He's got a me. job, I guess. <laughs> he knows some stuff. What did you think about Rose? I loved her. I thought, I mean, I so it's been hard for me since Rogue One because I really liked Jin or so. And so Ray <laughs> nice face. So Ray was kind of I was a little like, okay, I feel like Ray's a little oversimplified. And she doesn't have this like torment or torture that I kind of would like to see. And I felt like Rose, though very pure of heart. Mm-hmm. had a little bit more of a struggle going on inside her. And I liked that. And she's kind of, she added something to it. And also, I mean, super freaking awesome. Like, we finally have an Asian American female in in this franchise. Like, we, she's the first. Mm-hmm. And I mean, with more than a line. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And so I was just really happy with, like, her portrayal how we were introduced to her like she was from the get-go like she saw a no gray area and it, she was just a very it, there her scenes with finn i honestly felt like they made me like finn more and uh i really thought finn was gonna die in that last scene and i kind of was ready for it and then when i thought she was going to die i was just like no yeah, don't I, fucking I wanted her do to that. pull through. I was like, no, she's cool. Like, Keep I kind of wasn't as affected by Finn being in a coma. Finn's introduction in that plastic bag 
leaking. <sighs> wow. He's just a clown. It's he so... is. It's, he needs it's I, he needs a better he needs more plot he needs more. Give the man a job. Something. Give him something to do that, instead because of I, just like, hey, uh, I know stuff about the first order. I'm Deus Ex Finn. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So I I loved Rose. I thought she was a great addition to this, and I honestly am really excited to see her role as they start. The rebellion again i think she really is a source of hope which they were really low on because you've got a lot of people that have military experience but are really the hope is dwindling and you see yeah. that in that scene when they're trying to get people to come help them and no one is yeah. and i think she is going to be like kind of a joan of arc type character where people are just inspired by her absolutely i mean she gave that little kid her ring. ring and while they were telling the story of luke skywalker uh at the end there i um i loved that little tease because i think the purpose of this story is going to be to set up our expectations for the future of star wars which is to kill off the old characters don't expect them they're not coming back show up for this universe and to make us feel like any one of us could make a difference and any one of us could be a jedi and that, and that's you know, that's Ray's whole story, and that's you know, those the kid with the broom, because what kid hasn't picked up a broom handle or a stick, and been like, but he picked it up with the force. Yeah, right. I mean, that's just just how it goes. But I think one of the more inspiring characters, and I know I speak for you too when I say this, was uh, Holdo. Oh my God, I love her so much. Yep. She, I made a, I made an Effie Trinket joke during the movie though. We need uh we need a a gif of her getting into command of the of the 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 frigate before mm-hmm. she turns it around and I'll say holdo holdo my beer and watch this shit. I love her so much. Yeah. Gosh, her death was a meaningful death. It was like every death at the end of Rogue One. It was it was a meaningful sacrifice, but also I gotta give Rain Ryan Johnson his props. That shot, the utter silence, and mm-hmm. I don't know about in your theater, but all I could hear was, <gasps> yeah. Everyone just held their breath. It's like how do you top the Death Star firing for the first time? That's how light speed through the armada and just that blinding white, beautiful shot of the ship being just vivisected. It was so perfect. It was so good. It was it was the, the for me that was the coolest shot of the film. Easily Agreed. hands down. Yeah. You have you have no uh disagreement from me. That yeah, it was perfect. I loved it. <sighs> it was so good. And she taught Poe a lesson of like um need to know basis, you schmuck. Like fall in line. This is the military. Yeah, that sucks sometimes, and uh, but you know we got to figure stuff out. But you are also inadvertently responsible for everybody who died because you talked about it to Finn and Rose, and DJ overheard it. And if you hadn't done that little side mission, everybody would have survived to make it to that little planet. So you suck to make it to Crate. It's called Crate. Yeah, and I have to say the shots there. Speaking of visually beautiful, like oh yeah, my God. 
I loved that. I just and like when like Kylo was like sliding and it it, it looks as if like the 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 planet is bleeding. Mm-hmm. Like it was just God. It was so stunning to me. And I feel like an idiot for not catching that Luke wasn't leaving footprints. Oh yeah. For me, it was why I thought things were off was his beard was different. A little more trim. Yeah. yeah, a little more trimmed, a little less gray. Yeah. So I think he was trying to be the Luke that uh, failed Kylo rather than the Luke that he is now. I think they could have thrown us off the trail even more with one shot of Luke on Ock 2 looking down at his X-Wing underwater, just mm-hmm. glancing down at it and would be like, oh, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Is Ooh. he, he going to do it? That would have been good. So... It's a big ask, but what would you change? What would your rewrite be? Make the ships go faster. (laughs) Because a majority of this film felt like speed three to me, where everyone was keeping at a certain speed, and then they just kept going. Because a majority of this film took place like in a day with one ship following another ship staying slightly away from them because they couldn't jump into light speed because they were going to catch them and they were low on gas and so they could only do one jump and so the whole thing was to try and take off their trackers so that they could jump into light speed and not be caught but it was just like that and then the bombers coming it's like slowly slowly almost there almost th- oh we blew up yes. who would have seen that happening and just it's fine. Make the ships go faster. It's fine. Just put in more TIE fighters. If you want all the bombers to get taken out, just double the amount of TIE fighters in the air. And you can be like, oh, there's too many. We're losing bombers. It's yeah. a trap. Uh, shocking. Oh, <laughs> R.I.P. Akbar. Um, <laughs> I know. What an inglorious way to kill Akbar. <laughs> I know. He's been around for a long time. Honestly. Uh, Especially I for a say- goldfish. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> I love I love him. Star Wars is so good. Yeah. He ran. We ran out of characters already. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, Roger. Sorry. Uh, I'm just. I'm referring oh, to Family Guy's Star Wars series. If you haven't watched it, I recommend you watch it. It's great. Uh, I would say. So I was having a conversation yesterday regarding this, and honestly, I think the rewrite would have had to start in the first movie or the the eighth movie, seventh yeah. movie. Sorry, mm-hmm. seventh movie to going into the 8th, where um, starting it after the Republic has been blown up. Hmm. So that it's just kind of anarchy already because I feel like doing that, like it already then instates the First Order as being a source of power rather than this like weird anarchist kind of group of guys that are you know trying to do things well and then you're repelling an invasion rather than living under us kind of occupation like how much do they control yeah it's not really clear if they have an actual iron fist on the galaxy yet like the empire yeah and that's i think that was that idea was sort of uh brought up in a conversation yesterday and i think honestly from there that would be that would be sort of where I would want to start because I feel like you would find all the characters in a very different place. And I think that could be really interesting. I 
I don't know. It's hard. There were so many things that were going on. And so a big part is I would save some of it for a different movie. Yeah. Like I would have honestly maybe made all the revelations about Kylo Ren maybe been in the next film. Like having that connection between her and Kylo Ren, maybe ending it with her having one and not being sure of that and sort of being kind of shaken by that. And I understand like why they've done it this way, but I think especially considering the nature of the fact that Carrie Fisher passed away, like making it more Leia focused. Yep. And I, but I do like that they're setting it up to basically start over. Although I did like how thousands of people died and everyone seemed kind of okay with it. Yep. Everybody's like, yep, this is war. War is hell. Yeah. No, I think similarly, I, I would like to change things about The Force Awakens. If I'm going to take all things as equal, though, and just assume we're starting with her showing up and holding the lightsaber out just like before. I'd like her to do some actual training. Yeah, there was not any. Just she found a hole. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I would have I would have liked some actual training with Luke, and then I would have liked Luke to quit training her, and do the whole disgruntled master thing. It's like you're done. We're not training you anymore. I'm I'm calling it. You're too close to the dark side. Mm-hmm. It's too dangerous. I'm not going to put the galaxy in danger again like this. Mm-hmm. And then. She will give in to her anger, and she'll try to fight him and have Luke, in one glorious Force moment, put her in her place and just, like, you know, slam her against a wall with the Force and hold her there and then pull the lightsaber out of her hand and go, thank you for bringing this. (laughs) Like, take the lightsaber back. And then the Kylo conversations. Yeah. He's like, see, I told you, Luke sucks. Doesn't he suck? Isn't Luke the worst? Hey, you want to hang out? What are you doing later? Yo, you up? And he can keep hitting her up. And with the rebellion stuff, sorry, the resistance. Um, yeah, I, I, they, they were, they were fighting. They were going on that rebel scum, Jack. Yeah, yeah, I wanted them. I would have set more of it on an actual planet that had, like, that was being occupied by the First Order, like. I would want to see some sort of context for the actual state of the galaxy because with Star Wars, they just tell you it's a galactic empire that controls everything with an iron fist. That is our status Mm -hmm. quo. But with the new order coming back, I mean, the first order coming back, we don't really have a concept of what the state of the galaxy really is. Yeah, like where they at. Yeah, they do they have any government? Are they just an occupying force? Are they centralized? Do they control the entire galaxy at this point? And if they do, why is their armada so small? And it's just it yeah. begs a lot of questions and I know I'm using that incorrectly, but it's I would have liked to have seen a more grounded like military campaign for mm. the first order and have them like start to really crush the the uh resistance same you know like really start to take them out and that's necessitating ray trying to speed up her training and do training on her own and like really get strong really quickly so she can come in and save the day and you know she rushes in headlong to try and take out snoke and Mm -hmm. uh she gets there and maybe snoke makes some good points maybe snoke promises to Spare her friends. Maybe Kylo's like, quit, quit hitting on my girl. Back off. 
And then maybe uh, maybe Ray goes to the dark side. I don't know. That's what I was kind of hoping for. I was hoping for a little reversal of reser- reversal of fortunes there. But at this point, there's not a whole lot we can do. But yeah, uh, Ben's still in there though. He did. He didn't shoot his mom. It's true. It's true. He did not. He Someone did else not did, shoot her. but he didn't. Yeah, I mean, but he didn't. Uh, which I think is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I would probably cut out that scene on the island in the uh, in the hole. The, like, yeah, it did. It I felt, was like, it <sighs> felt very reminiscent to when they were in Dagobah and Luke was fighting Darth Vader, and then it was him, and I'm just like. Okay. But it felt like that without the allegorical payoff of not mm-hmm. like there's a clear message to take from here. It's like It was just that she's alone. Which we already knew. Like we didn't really intuit a risk of Luke going to the dark side in the first film. But we knew Ray was alone. Ray being alone has been constant throughout. We don't <laughs> that need was to literally the first scene of yeah. of well, second scene, sorry, of Force yeah. Awakens is her just chilling. Yep, just being alone. But Yep. Uh, so if but you yeah, were going to so, give this an alternate title. Oh, gosh. Um, I'd say <laughs> Star Wars Episode Eight, either Gold Member. I don't know. Um, or The Porg Awakens. <laughs> I know it was the first one. That's yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I'd either go with uh, Porgy and Bess. <laughs> I like that. Um, or I'd go with Star Wars Episode Eight: The Fate of the Furious. Ooh, I like that. Or Admiral Akbar's Last Stand. Mm-hmm. He had a or heart something. attack, 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 bar. Um, or something to do with Laura Dern. Because, God, I love her. She was Hold. so good. Yeah, well, and they're like, got? and Holdo, Holdo, Holdo me close. <laughs> I'm tired. No, I like it. I like all these things. I want all the things. No, I, so w- was this worth it for you? It's going to take a lot for me to not want to see a Star Wars movie. Like, same boy, same. At the end of the day, when the blue letters come up that say a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and that moment before the logo and the music come in, all is right in the world. I'm happy. It's the kind of, it's the kind of unbridled joy that I don't get from any other franchise or any other universe like i love star wars so much that while there were major things in this movie that annoyed the piss out of me i if i didn't have to work tonight i'd go see it again like yeah i could get that i could get behind that there are always parts of it that i will return to forever and you know i'd be interested to see rain johnson who i think directed very well do a, a different story in the same universe. I would show up for his new trilogy. Yeah. I would also see, love to see what Taika Waititi could do with a Star Wars film. Yeah. Which we may get to see. Who knows? It, who's to say? But, you know, yeah, I love I love those moments when the theater gets dark and the script is scrolling. And for a minute, 
everything is good and nothing hurts anymore. That's the power of Star Wars. That's the real power of Star Wars. That's the force. Slow Claps and Rewrites is painstakingly produced by Adair Rice and Daniel Crary. It is edited with extreme prejudice by Adair Rice. Slow Claps and Rewrites is a part of the Secret Weapon Productions Library. Copyright M-M-X-V-I-I. 2017. All rights reserved. Until we've been dead for 70 years.